Hello and welcome into NCBI's Technology Podcast. My name is Stuart Lawler. Thank you for joining us. This is episode number 25 for June 2014. I do hope you're going to stay with us for the next 46 minutes or so. We've a packed programme for you, and after a little bit of reminiscing at the very beginning, because it is our second birthday, we'll be meeting students who are taking part in a new Internet Basics course called Benefit. Roland McGurk joins me on Skype to talk about implementation of the Irish Braille code in NVDA, that's the free and open source screen reader. Martin Lawler is with me to introduce us to the new Victor Reader stream from Humanware. We meet Solomon from Hymns as part of the Site City exhibition, and he's telling us all about the Braille Sense U2. And finally, Kerry Doyle is with me to draw the winner for our very special competition. That's all coming up on this month's edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. Well, before we get started into our main podcast this month, and before we make one or two announcements, we're two years old. In June 2012, this happened. Hello and welcome in to the very first NCBI technology podcast for June 2012. My name is Stuart Lawler. I'm your host on this podcast. And over the next 42 or so minutes, we're going to hear from NCBI's technical support officer, Paul Trainer. Mark McGuinness of the Centre for Inclusive Technology in NCBI talks digital TV. We hear about BlackBerry accessibility. And we're going to be talking to Joe Bollard about his favourite piece of technology. That's all coming up in the next 42 minutes on the very first NCBI technology podcast. Stay with us. Well, that was June 2012 as I sat in this studio, nervously producing the first edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. And uh, back then we were looking at a three-month pilot to see if there'd be any interest in the podcast. And it really was greater than we ever expected. Uh, Again, sincere thanks to all our listeners, our contributors, the people who keep in touch with us and who make suggestions for future programmes. This podcast can only be as good as the people who listen to it and your input. And it's something that we never take for granted here. So sincere thanks for getting in touch and for staying in touch and for keeping your contributions coming in whatever way you may choose to do that. Emails always a great way to get in touch with us. And someone who did that is a gentleman by the name of Leo Bizionet. And I do hope I pronounced your surname correctly, Leo, in Montreal in Canada. And he says, hello, I wanted to drop a note to let you know how much I enjoy your podcasts. I've been listening since January 2014 when I found you through I Link Radio. I live in Montreal, Quebec, in Canada. I've especially enjoyed segments on the Giraffe Reader and your just-released app, AMD Aware. Keep up the great work. Sincerely, Leo Bizionet. Leo, many thanks for uh, getting in touch. Really nice. uh, Thank you for taking the time to send the email and really nice to hear from people outside of Ireland. And uh, delighted to hear that you're picking us up loud and clear on iBlink Radio, uh, which is provided by the great people at Zerotech, who've been carrying us for about a year, I think. 
think now. And uh, we've definitely picked up some additional listeners from iBlink. So many thanks to Serotech for continuing to carry our monthly programs. Now, uh, just a quick uh, reminder about our seminar with Freedom Scientific on Friday, the 18th of July. We're absolutely delighted. And this is the first time it's ever happened in Ireland, by the way. So we're quite excited to be hosting Eric Damery from Freedom Scientific here at NCBI at our Rehabilitation Training Centre on Whitworth Road uh, at 10am on Friday, the 18th of July. You'll hear all about latest developments in JAWS, Freedom Scientific's screen reader and magic magnification software, as well as a chance to have your questions answered and uh, get a chance to speak with Eric about queries you may have around Freedom Scientific products. Uh, If you'd like to attend, please get in touch because pre-registration is uh, essential and places I can tell you for this event are filling fast. Uh, Please contact myself. Uh, You can send me an email, stuart.lawler, S-T-U-A-R-T dot L-A-W-L-E-R at ncbi.ie or call me on 087-992-6360. Now, after last month's podcast, I was mentioning to you that Eric, uh, for anyone who's seen Eric present, he's a fully sighted guy. And in my opinion, anyway, and I completely stand over this, he uses JAWS better than any blind person I've ever seen using a screen reader. And when I said this on the podcast last month, somebody rang me and said, is that really true? And I believe it is. And I was talking to one or two other people who saw Eric presented and they agreed with that. So if you're coming to see for no other reason than just to see that, I can tell you this is going to be well worth it. Uh, So we do look forward to seeing people on Friday the 18th of July at NCBI. That's directly after Site Village, which is taking place in Birmingham earlier that week. Now, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, we love to hear your emails, receive your emails rather, uh, and you can send uh, send them to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. Now you're listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for June 2014. It's Wednesday evening. It's about uh, 5.30 when I'm recording this. I'm sitting in our Rehabilitation Training Centre. Once again, delighted to be joined by by our ICT tutor, Sharon Lyons. Welcome back, Sharon. Hi, Stuart. Um, Good to have you back. This time we're waiting for a group of students. I think the first one has just come in downstairs Mm -hmm. because... uh, a brand new course that we've, we're very excited about here in NCBI uh, under the title of Benefit that's been running for the last few weeks. What's it all about? Right, well, Benefit um, is a, an internet basics course specifically um, and we got involved with it because it's actually part of the Get Island Online campaign which is supported by the Department of Communications and we work a lot here with a, a group of uh, organisation called ICS Skills uh, the Irish Computer Society skills uh, part that support all the equal skills and ECDL certification and exams, etc. So through them, we uh, we basically signed up to this this to running the Benefit Internet Basics course as a bit of a pilot because for a long time we've wanted to try and support more structured training, um, and the internet is a big need for training. We find. Uh, particularly for JAWS users. So this, uh, this kind of uh, government campaign, this, this nationwide um, initiative, is something we thought we could get involved in um, to support some more structured training and group training as well because it's always good to, to work 
with a group and learn something new as a group because you kind of learn from each other. So that was really what was behind it. So you mentioned basic internet skills. What are considered as, as, as being basic internet skills? What, what kind of stuff are you covering? Well, the main thing that we cover is um, email was a big part of it, um, using JAWS with the Outlook program and having access to email, communicating with friends and family. And then moving on from that, we also looked at uh, Skype. Again, the communicating, particularly for people who maybe want to communicate with friends and family abroad without having to pay the, <laughs> the high telephone bill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we also looked very much at just basic searching the web, really, because every, every uh, web page you go to is different and it's almost like a, a whole new set of instructions to, to be able to get around uh, each web page. And so we just looked at the kind of tools that you would use and the kind of ways that you find your, yourself, um, find your way around the information on a web page. Um, we also looked at YouTube and a little bit at uh, Anpost and how you can track a package uh, that you've posted. A bit of internet security, being aware of... Uh, internet safety and security okay yeah. so, so, so it's a good it's a good overview i suppose it is yeah i've yeah. been i've been very lucky and i, and I really use the term lucky because i've thoroughly enjoyed it in being one of your assistants mm-hmm. uh, along with kerry and, and i simply <laughs> thank you that kind of support. But, but i suppose what i've and we're in what we're in week four i think now i suppose what i've found really interesting is just as you said group a group of people it's really interesting working with a group but people are very excited and I'm going off to, I'm going home to try this we people last week we couldn't get them away from YouTube oh yes yes YouTube was a big hit <laughs> I think once people really uh, find out that it's, it's worth the effort once you can find something you're interested in um, then it's, it's really worth doing the you know it's really worth working it out Okay, so people listening to this podcast who might be excited uh, because this kind of training is is at least starting, mm. um, is this something that 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 you'd like to do again in the future? That you'd like to open to think about again in the future? Oh, we definitely hope so because it uh, it was very hard to cover all those topics, and we had we had a few other things we wanted to look at Facebook, and, and we kind of ran uh, uh, running out of time, um, so. We, uh, we hope to do something similar again. Um, certainly encouraging group training is, is a big thing and structured training. And the big thing with benefit is that there is a certificate at the end, um, a certificate for people to, to show that they actually did the course and that they have a certain level of internet basic skills, which I think is very important for people. Absolutely. Mm. So we're excited about it. I'm conscious people are wanting to come in. Do you mind if we maybe listen to the beginning of your class and maybe give listeners a sense of what it's all about? Yeah, no problem at all. I'm sure they won't mind. All right, we'll ask the students the first, of yeah. course. <laughs> okay, Sharon, thanks for chatting to us, and let's, uh, let's listen to the beginning of your session. To uh, our benefit internet internet basics course again, and um, we have two classes left tonight, and next week is the final class. Was everyone okay to to come along next week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. final yeah. class. Yeah, please. Um, now I, I had a bit of a feedback from uh, some of you, and we were talking about how how good it is to uh, get some hands on and try the stuff out that we've been talking about as a group. So that's really what the plan is for tonight, is to do a lot of practical work. How do you feel about that? 
that's mm-hmm. right. Is that good? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, something right. that we, we would be doing, you know. We yeah. like, I would like to do on hands on, I think is. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, while we've got the opportunity mm-hmm. there, because we've got one more week. We'll do a bit more theory just to cover the last few topics uh, next week. Um, but just to go over what we've done so far, so the, the first week we had a bit of admin and we talked about what sort of things we'd like to learn. Um, and we went onto the computers for the first time. And then the, the next week we did, do you remember we did email? Yeah. So we had to send emails and attachments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a bit mm-hmm. of a practice with that. Um, the second week we, I showed you Skype. Yeah. We had a demo of Skype. Do you remember we, uh, <laughs> we rang Stuart in Frankfurt at the yeah. Site Village, uh, sorry, Site City, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> I almost get that one wrong. Um, and, and then uh, last week, we did a lot as a group about how to search on the web. Yeah. And we went on YouTube. And what else did we do last week? Mm-hmm. Oh, we tracked a track to oh, yeah. 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 on Brown yeah. yeah. So, But we didn't get a lot of time. We ran out of time to do much practice last week. So, so as I said, um, I know that uh, hands-on is... is, is um, it's very useful to you. So I thought we'd be all practical this week. Brilliant. We might, if we get time today, we might also have a look at our team player. Mm. Um, and also have a look at how to access Stuart's technology podcast. So you can listen to that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah. so let's, uh, let's uh, get started. Well, you may be able to hear in the background there's benefit training going on as we speak. I'm standing outside the training room and I've managed to grab one of the participants uh, from Benefit to come out and have a few words. This is Martin Lawler. Martin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Stuart. Great to have you here. Um, you're, you've been part of the Benefit course for the last couple of weeks. That's correct, Stuart, yes. How has it been, first of all? Um, it's, it's been very good. Um, I'm really picking up some tips, like um, learning how to use uh, YouTube, how to use um, the RT player, um, learning how to send email again with Windows 7, so I think it's really helpful. Okay. What, what sort of stuff did you do or were you doing with your computer before Benefit um, that, and maybe what are you doing now that might have changed? Well, um, I'm, I'm using the internet um, quite more now since I started the course and uh, before I started um, I just learned how to actually uh, burn CDs and use um, the MP3 converter on YouTube. So now you're, I suppose you're exploring that more. You're yeah, I am indeed, yeah. And have you gone to other websites outside of YouTube now that you have these newfound skills? I haven't gone to other websites yet, but I'm, I'm hoping to do that in the future. Um, I'm hoping to l- learn how to use um, the online RT player and TV3 player online as well. Okay. What sort of advice might you give to people who might be interested in taking a course like this and maybe they don't know? Well, I reckon they should ring, uh, ring yourself or Sharon and um, it would be a great opportunity for somebody else to do this course that might be, um, wouldn't have the confidence you know, to use computers. So I reckon that this course would be a good uh, foundation for them here to... It's a starting point, you know. All right, fantastic. Listen, I'll let you get back to your course. Thanks a million. Thank you very much, George. Take care. Cheers.
But we're in the middle of the benefit course at the moment. There's training going on behind me. Everyone's very busy, but I've managed to catch up with Kerry Doyle, well-known uh, podcast contributor and uh, NCVI trainer. Kerry, very welcome again. Thank you for having me again. So this is sort of maybe different to what you're doing normally. It's not iOS, Mac training, mobile training, but uh, you're going back to your Windows roots. Yes, um, which is kind of interesting for me, but it's nice to do it because uh, I get to work with um, a very nice bunch of, bunch of people. Uh, what we're doing at the moment is kind of um, teaching people how to get around uh, the internet. We've done emails, as Sharon was saying before. Just in, in the internet sort of side of things, we ask people what they want to do and work on it, work on that with, with them. So even though it's a structured course, there's a room for a lot of flexibility because you can ask somebody, well, what's your particular goals? One person might want to do shopping, one person might want to go on Audible, one person might want to do YouTube, so it's, um, it's great because we can be as flexible as we um, need to while still staying in the structure of the, of the course. Now Claire Whelan is a participant on the Benefit course. Claire, welcome to the podcast, thanks Thank for talking you. to us. What, what was your computer usage before you did this Benefit course? Um, well, I'm not very computer literate, so really I didn't know what I was doing on um, the computer. I was doing emails and I I was just doing emails. I couldn't get on the internet because I didn't know how to. Okay. I tried to. Um, and what I mean, what have, what have you learned over there? What, what have you been kind of doing with this newfound knowledge? Is, oh. it, is it transferable? Are you bringing stuff home and I using am. it? Yeah. I am, yeah. I'm on the internet. I know how to go onto YouTube, which i quite fascinated with because the music is you know, and I didn't know what YouTube was. I didn't even know how to spell it. Yeah. I thought it was U T U T U B E. Okay. But I've actually that was something. But I can get on it. I can play music um, in a very short time. Emails now I would have an idea, but you know, attachments and um, forwarding emails I haven't got a clue. Okay. And Claire, what advice would you give? Uh, there's probably people listening to this podcast who, who might feel they're app- apprehensive at using the internet, going online, YouTube, you mentioned. What advice would you give to people? Well, before you go on it, you're taught about the safety, you know, the security and um, what to look out for. So if you know a little bit about that, um, have a go. You can't go wrong with it. You know, I, I, I was quite nervous, but... Now, I mean, all you can do, you can't make, it won't blow up on you. You know, I always had that fear. But um, give it a go. There's so much out there on the internet that is safe and lots of information that you don't need to read books or you can just press a button and once you know how to get onto the internet and how to browse around, I, like, I'm even getting to use the language. Brilliant. Claire, thanks so for chatting to us and best of luck with the rest of the course. Thanks very much, My thanks there to Claire Whelan and Martin Lawler, participants on the Benefit um, Internet Basics course, and of course to Kerry Doyle and Sharon Lyons for chatting to me, and particularly to Sharon for letting me uh, sit in, I suppose, and record a little segment of her class. I can tell you, and I can't stress this maybe because, as I said on that little piece with Sharon, I've been lucky enough to assist uh, in the delivery of this training. And it's been really interesting just watching people explore. And that's what we've really done. We've facilitated people to explore the internet um, and and just given them the the support to to get going and then let them experience what the internet can provide for themselves. Somebody often said to me, and it struck me as well as part of this benefit course, 
once you start showing people something about technology, they want to find out more and more. And uh, I think we've seen it over these couple of weeks. So thanks to everybody who participated. And uh, thank you to the benefit class in Whitworth Road for allowing me to record for the technology podcast. Last May on our technology podcast, Ronan McGurk joined us to talk about Irish speech synthesis. And we were excited at the time because we were looking at NVDA, the free screen reader and open source screen reader, which is used by lots of people at the moment. And the fact that the eSpeak synthesizer was supporting at the time the Irish language. That project was uh, very much in progress at the time, but it wasn't fully implemented into NVDA. Now it is. But not only have we Irish speech, we're about to have refreshable Irish Braille. Joining me once again to give us an update on this project uh, over Skype is Ronan McGurk. Ronan, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, sure. It's great to be back again. Very nice to have you back. And uh, uh, you and I have been chatting a couple of times. I'm very excited about this because you have Irish Braille and the new Irish Braille code, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But before we do that, last year you talked to us about eSpeak and speech uh, in Irish and uh, Irish synthetic speech, which would be of, of particular interest, I suppose, to those people who wish to use Irish text and in, and in uh, the education sector as well. That's yeah. now fully implemented in NVDA? Yes, that's right. It went live um, at the end of last year, and it's used cur- in the current version. If you download NVDA, the current version is 2014.2. Um, that includes the latest release of eSpeak, which has now a, a revised version of the Irish um, speech synthesis. So, yes, it's live, and you can download it. Furthermore, in, in NVDA, there is an Irish language locale. That means that you can choose to set the dialogues and the messages and, and so on in NVDA to be in Irish. That's quite important if you're trying to read a website because, for example, as you well know, NVDA says a lot of things that are not on the screen. So it'll say things like heading one, heading two, heading three, link, combo box, embedded object, all of those, the text of all of those is now available in NVDA in Irish, and you can choose to, to have it in Irish as it, as it speaks out. That's all live today. You can download it. Excellent. So reading a fully uh, Irish uh, structured website, I suppose, will now also give you those heading and link count and all those kind of announcements in Irish as well. Yes, it will. Yes. Okay, fantastic. So people can go and download that right now and yeah. can just set their, their language preference to be Irish as they need it. Yeah, there's actually two things, two separate things that you can do. You can set the, the synthesizer voice to be in Irish, which means that it, it will take a text and, and speak it in Irish. And separately and independently, you can set the NVDA messages to be in Irish. So it's, it, it, you don't need to do the two together, but you get the best results if you're on a website, say, if you do the two together. All right, perfect. So, Ronan, there's been lots of things going on in the last, uh, well, two years, I guess, with Irish Braille uh, through INBAF, that's the Irish National Braille and Alternative Formats Association and a subcommittee there working on Irish Braille, and I know you're a part of that. Uh, what, what's, been, what's been going on broadly with Irish Braille, firstly? Well, as, as most... I guess nearly everybody listening to this podcast will be well aware that the Irish language is um, or known as Gaelga is a slightly different alphabet to English. 
the um, so and of course the the, the words you know the uh, and so on and the grammar is all very different. But specifically, when you're thinking about Braille, and the first thing that you might think of is how do you do the Sheena Father, the Irish long accent signs. These are symbols over the vowels. Looks like a French acute accent, and these are relevant on A E I O and U and capital upper, uppercase A E I O and U. And that was the first thing that makes Irish Braille different because you might say why not have Irish Braille identical to English language Braille. There, there was a scheme for using those Sheena Fathers dating back to the 1950s. The reason I think why um, Irish Braille was came up for revision recently was because the unified English Braille had unified the American and the UK English Braille codes and it had made significant changes to the way punctuation is done. That meant that the original Irish Braille code had, would have now have a different punctuation approach to the revised or the unified English Braille. So it was decided that it made sense, particularly for people learning Braille for the first time, to be learning the punctuation the same in English and Irish. So that was one change. But at the same time, the question was, should we represent the Sheena Father signs the same as they were? And secondly, should we make other changes to Irish Braille? And there was a, a lot of debate around this. There was three different considerations. One was, what's the, the best way to make Braille as quick to read as possible? A second one was, how do you make it easy to learn? Because if you, if you put in lots of contractions and abbreviations, that'll speed you up, but it makes it more difficult to learn. And then the last thing then was, what's the easiest way to teach it? So all of, taking all those considerations together, the subcommittee recommended a new code of Irish Braille, which was ratified fairly recently. As part of that uh, committee then, I, I volunteered to see if I could manage to get that new Braille code into NVDA uh, for refreshable Braille. And so this is really exciting because not only have we a new Irish Braille code and you said it was ratified recently, um, we, we for the first time ever, Ronan, have refreshable Irish Braille in a screen reader and this is kind of groundbreaking stuff. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's really encouraging that we're able to do it. And the reason is because of the free open source community. Um, NVDA is something that we can work on ourselves. It's a community type effort. Now, I, uh, when I volunteered to do it, I wasn't entirely sure how NVDA did this, because the question you might ask yourself is, where are the translation tables? Are they in NVDA itself? Are they in the drivers that are used for individual Braille displays? In other words, would you have to do the work for every single manufactured device, or was the code somewhere else? Now, it turned out it was actually somewhere else. It's in a, another free open source system called LibLouis. Uh, Louis as in Louis Braille, and Lib as in library. Okay. And this is, a, this is a free open source piece of software that's used by a number of things. NVDA is one, the Orca screen reader is another, um, Bookshare.org is another website that uses it, and there is a free open source Braille translation package, something on the style of Duxbury, but it's a free version. It's called Braille Blaster, and that also uses it. So it became clear to me that if we could implement in LibLouis the Irish Braille code, then it would mean that Irish Braille would become available in all of those systems. The one I was most interested in initially was NVDA, because it would seem to work quite well because we have the Irish language synthesis working in NVDA. It made sense, I thought, to get the Braille displays working there as a first step. 
So what's that process like, implementing a Braille code, a completely new language, into a, a major international screen reader like NVDA? Is it a, how long does that, does that take? I mean, does it have to be sort of checked? Is there a, is there a kind of a quality assurance process? Does it, does it take weeks, months? Yeah, there's, that's a very good, very good point. There's, there's loads of layers to this, right? The first thing was... Um, how could you even begin to do it in to get a test version, even a, 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 a quite a rough prototype test version? And so the, the biggest challenge was to find out, first of all, even to find out that it's LibLouis that does it, find out where, where do we get that software from, how do you install it, and how do you connect up the rail display and get it working at all? Once you've got it working, it, it's, it's one thing to get it working in a local um test environment but the next thing then is how do you get it into production and I, I might just say how I got it working locally first of all because I didn't want to go to the um, downloading the source code for NVDA and source code for LibLouis and recompiling it all I, I could have done that with that but that would have been that would have taken quite a lot of time and also it's not very practical for other people to test that on other systems so I came up with, with the workaround that there is a library that comes with NVDA that has all of the translation tables. So I was able to rename the Irish language translation tables to the names used by the Welsh Braille code. So what I did was I put I put those two files in for Welsh grade one and Welsh grade two Braille. And that meant then when you went into NVDA and you choose um, Welsh grade one or Welsh grade two in the Braille options menu that then set it to Irish grade one or Irish grade two that was just a testing approach but obviously that's not satisfactory for production because you want the, the words Irish grade one or Irish grade two to appear on the options menu okay. in NVDA yeah. and that means of course making changes to the production version of LibLui and the production version of NVDA so that means getting involved with the software teams that maintain and develop NVDA. Now, we were very fortunate that we had uh, already made contact with the guys in NVDA to do the Irish language dialogues and, and text, uh, Irish text on the screen. So it's the same groups of people who were involved in that. So I was able to make contact with them again and send off some sample Irish translation tables to them to have a look at. Now, they haven't come back and responded as yet, but the intention was, and I've been assured, that they would be able to do a test build, you know, so into the development NVDA system, a test build of LibLui and test build of NVDA. But if that's tested more widely and then accepted, it'll become bundled, like just like, like the way the Irish language in eSpeak was, with the production version of NVDA. Now, how long will that take? It could take a few months. We're not finished testing yet. At the moment, the testing has mostly been done just by the subcommittee within the INBAF. And what I would like to do now is to appeal to anybody listening to this podcast who might have an interest in Irish Braille, um, perhaps to get involved in testing. To do the testing, what you will need is to have a working version of NVDA and a Braille display unit. And then I can give you the instructions and the files to show how to get the Irish Braille working in test mode on it. Um, as far as I know, it should work with any Braille display unit that works with NVDA, but I've only tested it with one machine that's a Packmate um, from Freedom Scientific. So there's, I suppose, there's obviously lots of Braille displays supported. If somebody listening to this podcast is using a Braille display with NVDA, the chances are you're saying that 
your Irish tables will work once you once people contact you, you can give them instructions, and that will implement it with the current version of NVDA Roam. Yes, it will. Yes. Okay. Um, and what of the guys? Because I, I think the open source community is just brilliant. This thing of sharing information and and just you know really encouraging people to contact you has the has what has the response been like from the NVDA community when they hear Irish Braille might be included? Are they excited to have another language? Yes, the they are. They're very they're very excited, very encouraging. And like the more, I mean, from their point of view, it's the more the merrier. You know, if people are interested and get involved and are able to do it, it it gives NVDA more capability. And the interesting thing here, as I mentioned, is LibLui works with other systems so as well as NVDA. And one I've done a little bit of testing with is Braille Blaster, which is the Braille translation, Braille document transcribing uh, package. Um, it looks initially, to me anyway, that it is working for converting, say, a Word document written in Irish to a Braille uh, document. But again, that's something that needs more testing on. So again, if there's anybody interested in that, that wouldn't require as much um, technology because, in fact, what, what I could do is if somebody has a particular text um, in Irish to send to me, I can run it through and give them the Braille version. Now, you will need some method, mechanism to print it but it will be in the Braille um, encoded... Um, BRF type. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Ronan, looking at this more, I suppose, long-term and in a broader sense, obviously the, the work you're doing is really crucial because, okay, you're going to have Braille, Irish uh, refreshable Braille for the first time ever in a, a screen reader used internationally. And when you think about people using, there's more and more tablets, there's obviously Windows tablets on the increase now with NVDA on them. Um, seeing maybe Irish Braille being used in the classroom in the future, would you be hopeful that maybe other providers such as Apple, maybe Duxbury Freedom Scientific, um, other manufacturers might take up the baton and say, guys, this is worth implementing? Well, we're certainly hopeful. And in fact, the um, the INBAF committee took a decision to send to come up with this, a draft letter to send to all those manufacturers, encouraging them to develop Irish Braille and asking them when, you know, to give us indication how soon do they think they could do it. In fairness, it's not that difficult. Once you've got the environment in, to put in place the rules, because it's considerably simpler rules than the new uh, EB rules. And fortunately as well, because I, I mentioned that Irish Braille was going to use the UEB punctuation rules. Luckily, the way LibLui is structured, you can just put in an include statement to include all the rules for punctuation. So I didn't need to recode all of those. And I would imagine that any other manufacturers like Apple or Freedom Scientific would have similar techniques on their systems uh, to use that. I think LibLui is used by some commercial systems, but off the top of my head, I'm not sure what, which ones they are. But... I, I, I would think this is not a particularly difficult technical challenge for, you know, device manufacturers, but we felt that it would be a great encouragement to them if you could say to them, well, look, it's already working in NVDA, you know, so why can't you get it working on your system, you know? Okay. It sounds, I mean, you've you, you made it sound very easy in a way, and yet I have no doubt there was a huge amount of work done behind the scenes uh, on your on your part to, to bring this to fruition. So, major congratulations. I think it's a wonderful achievement to have refreshable Braille in a screen reader. Um, if people want to contact you then, we'll put your email address on the show notes, Ronan. Um, so yeah, please, please, please and just to say, it, I think it's it looks to me like it's working correctly, but I, we really need more people to test it. And it is only in test mode at the moment. But having said that, it's in test mode well enough that you could actually use it, you know, in, in, in a, 
I think if you're writing an essay or something like that, I think it works well enough to allow that. Obviously, we want to get the testing completed and be happy that it is right and then go to the full step to productionize it. Okay. Ronan, thanks a million for chatting to us. I look forward to checking in with you later on to see how this really worthwhile project is going. But for the moment, thanks a million for joining us this month. Great to talk to you again, Stuart. Thanks very much. You're listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for June 2014. One of the things we love is feedback from podcast listeners. And that's what we got a couple of months ago from one of our listeners, Martin Lawler, who's come in to meet me today. Martin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Stuart, for having me here. Uh, what do they say? Long time listener, first time caller or something that's like that. That's it, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you've been using a device that I've certainly found very interesting in the last little while. You were telling me about it and we thought we, we would share it with our podcast podcast listeners um, and it got a, quite a bit of press when it was relong- when it was launched that's the new Victor Reader Stream right? Yes sure yeah now one of the big um, pluses of this device is how it's using its built in radio directory so uh, with previous devices like the Plex Talk for example uh, you had to manually program your radio stations and, and it was quite a bit of work technically wasn't it? It was indeed yeah yeah yeah. Okay how does this work what's kind of different about about the stream? Okay well the new stream is is fantastic it, it, it has um, its own USB charger um, it has the internet radio it has a Wi-Fi so the big thing about for me is you don't have to download the stations manually on it you can go and search for them it has an app called Utunes on it and you can actually save um, your stations to your favourites uh, with the bookmark key and then press confirm to save them so it's, it's very very easy to use um, it's, you can read it, it works with Audible It works. you can put all your music on it it has different folders for your music and different folders for your books um, it's good for recording as well but the big, the big one for me is uh, the radio stations okay it's, it's, so the, the idea that you can you don't have to manually sort of input radio stations or type them in or, or, or as you had to do before, you can now search in a directory of radio stations. You can and indeed, yeah, right? or save, save them to your favourites as well. And it's got um, Human Mare put in a list of uh, their own stations like uh, BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three, BBC Four. BBC Five, they've got BBC Six in as okay, well. Okay, so, so all the sort of let's say UK stations, and, and they've got um, the Inside Radio as well. Okay, it. from so, the RNIB. Yeah. Now you've then obviously added because I saw you were earlier on. You've added some, for example, Two FM, some of the Irish yeah, stations yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the the process of we just did this before we came on air, connecting to a wireless network to me seemed very straightforward you you uh, go into scan for wireless networks it picked up the network here in the office straight away straight away yeah it's very good all right um have you downloaded books to this device have you listened to books um i have yeah i've listened to my audible books i get books from uh, the ncbi library that you can they're on a usb stick so you can just plug them into the stream or if you want to to copy them you just plug the usb stick into the stream and then press key three to copy them onto the sd card and away you go oh really directly from the directly from the usb stick yeah my god so you okay so you you connect the usb directly to the stream you don't even need a computer to do this either no okay and and then it just uh, looks for the book and it says copy book to sd card and uh, press key three and away it goes can you at present download audible titles directly to the stream 
I think so with Bookshare you can yeah okay, but, so but that's I, haven't, I haven't that that's uh, it's a bit expensive at the moment so um, but you can yeah okay yeah all right let's have a look then you've been uh, demoing you were demoing to me before we started this interview yeah. um, the the, uh, the wireless the uh, the radio functionality so let's have a listen to it okay. This is the radio. Oh, this is station info. Where am I? Station info. Name. Key 103. Genre. Key 103. Okay, Contact Key 103. MP3. Bitrate. 112K. So it's giving us information on the station. Yeah. So then if you want to go to another one. 33. 106.8 FM Dublin Sunshine 106.8. Okay. You name the company. Another one. 32. Which is Key. I'm going back to Key 4. FM Sunny 107-128. K planes a day's... Oh. And there's the station. Oh, it gives you the artist as well. Yeah. Hootie and the Blowfish. You can't beat a bit of Hootie. So, that's pretty good. I'll tell you what's interesting is its own internal speaker, Martin. It's really good. It's very good, yeah. Really good. So then if you want to... Bookshelf. That's your favourites. So then... Books. Key one, 6. If you... Humanware playlist. And English United King 1. BBC 1. Go to station. Then go, just press key nine. nine. So um, basically, you, you, when you get this, all these stations you said from for the UK anyway are p- programmed in. Programmed in, yeah, and you can't you can't delete them, but you can uh, do a search like I typed in Ireland and with uh, tunes and uh, just about. Um, 116 stations came up. Yeah, the database on Utunes, because I know I use this for another, they have an app on iOS. The database for Utunes is huge and they're always adding stuff to it. So if, if there's a station you like, the, the chances are it's going to be available on Utunes and therefore then be available on the stream. So very clever idea of humanware uh, to link into the Utunes database, definitely. No, um, the stream, like, I weigh, you can weigh up different pros and cons. The Plex Talk is a really good machine for recording. But um, I prefer the, the stream for the radio stations, definitely. It's much easier. All right. Brilliant. Much easier. Martin, thanks so much for coming in to chat Thank you very us. much, Stuart. And well. uh, I really hope we're going to talk to you very soon on the podcast. Okay, Stuart, thanks very much. You're listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast. We're at Site City in Frankfurt. And uh, great to have caught up with Solomon from HIMS International. Solomon, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> uh, hello, I'm Solomon So I'm glad to have a chance like this. Fantastic. And great to have you with us. Now, we've been chatting. Uh, you've been showing me the Braille Sense products. And I have to say, I've always liked the HIMS products. So tell us about the Braille Sense U2. What, what, what does it have? Uh, Braille Sense have you to have almost like uh, many applications like uh, Facebook and PowerPoint Reader and Excel Viewer like that. So that what we aim to do is to make blind people's life as the same as uh, sighted people. Okay, so it is a... Uh, I'm, I'm kind of guessing you're saying it's almost like having a laptop? What we can say is it's almost the same as... Uh, Tablet PC. Okay. So it has, of course, it has limitation. So, but we are uh, making it better and better. So I was browsing through the menu of the device that 
here in front of me now. It is in German, but I was able to, for example, it has links to Google, so it has a, a web a web browser. Is that correct? Yes, it's, it is correct. Uh, an email client. Of I saw a word processor, and as you mentioned, the PowerPoint yes. uh, reader. Okay, the PowerPoint reader. Yeah, so we can read PowerPoint through a word processor. Now you have two versions of this device. So I have a, a QWERTY one here to my right, and yes. I have a Braille version here with a. Is that a twenty cell Braille display? Uh, there is 18 braille cells. Okay. Uh, we have 32 braille on your right side. Okay, yeah, and, I yeah. see it here. Absolutely, there it is. And very, I must say, very nice braille keys as well. <laughs> Thank you very much. And you were telling me as well, which is very interesting for those users on iOS, you can use the braille display yes. as a term, as a, 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 an input for your, an output for your iDevice. Yes, it works as a braille display. Okay. Are, are, are people using this in conjunction with other screen readers? For example, can you connect it to a computer and drive something like JAWS or, or maybe NVDA? Of course, it supports almost all uh, screen readers as well. Okay. And from what I understand, software is being regularly updated within yes. this. Uh, you're running it on Windows CE? Yes, Windows CE. Okay. Uh, Solomon, thank you very much for chatting to us and uh, <laughs> hope the exhibition goes well. Yeah, I'm honored to have a chance like this. I appreciate it. Thank you, Stuart. Well, it's almost time to go on this episode of our technology podcast. But before we do that, we mentioned last month our competition. This month, our podcast is two years old. It was June 2012 when we started off and we played you the very beginnings of our June 2012 podcast at the beginning of this month's episode. Joining me to help me do the important draw and announce our prize is NCBI's Kerry Doyle. Welcome back again. Hello. Thank you for having me again. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> so uh, we, we had a, a question um, um, and we asked people, Paul Trainer, tech support guru here at NCBI, was on our podcast a couple of months ago. And during the conversation, he told us when his tech support line was started, Kerry. Mm-hmm. And the question we asked people was, what year was Paul Trainer's tech support line started? We had a, a fair amount of entries, I have to say. Mm. Um, quite a few came in very near the end, by the way, very near the deadline, but that's quite okay. The answer to the quiz was 1999. Paul Trainer's tech support line started in 1999, so it's been going six. 16 years, uh, sorry, 15 years even. <laughs> Maths was never my strong point, Karen. <laughs> Uh, Paul Trainer's tech support line is 15 years old this year, so congratulations to Paul. Now for information on the prize. Our prize for our birthday competition is €100 Euros, uh, cash or the equivalent in a one-for-all gift voucher. The choice is up to the winner. And Kerry has a box with the names of those yes, people who have entered. Yes. And Kerry, I'm going to ask you to pick one out, please, and tell us Ooh. who is the winner of this 100 euros in cash or uh, a one-for-all gift voucher. Kerry, okay. in your own time, who is the winner? Okay, the winner is, I hope I'm pronouncing this right now, Niall, Niall Kennedy. Niall Kennedy, brilliant, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Well done, Niall. Uh, you've won 100 euros or the equivalent in a one-for-all gift voucher. We'll be in touch with you to uh, see which you'd like. Well done to everybody and thank you to all of those who entered. Congratulations again to Niall. And of course, many thanks to Kerry. Thank you very much. Well done again, Niall. Many congratulations and thanks to Kerry for helping us do the all-important draw. Uh, Niall, you've got yourself 100 euros cash or one-for-all voucher and I'll be in touch with you very 
very shortly, hopefully by the time you're listening to this podcast, that's happened already and your money is on its way. Uh, that's just about it for this month. Thanks to all our participants, including Sharon Lyons, Kerry Doyle, Martin Lawler, uh, Claire Whelan, Ronan McGurk, and of course, Solomon, all the way from Korea, representing the company Hymns. Now, join us in July when, amongst other things, we have a bit of a GPS update because as well as a new app called RNIB Navigator, there's been some changes made to Blind Square and Dave Nason is going to be here to tell us all about them. Until then, this is Stuart Lawler saying take care, have a good month and thank you for listening. Bye-bye.